Hello and welcome to this episode of Grazia Beauty Life Lessons. I'm Jolie, Grazia's Head of Beauty, and in this podcast, I chat to beauty experts, influencers, and celebrities about their five best pieces of beauty and well-being advice. From makeup to hair, skincare to self-care, we get all of the top tips, stellar advice, and brilliant product recommendations. Subscribe now so you do not miss an episode. Today's guest is stylist, fashion blogger, and author of Get Changed, Kat Farmer. Kat tells us about her obsession with one key beauty item. Try that lipstick on that you never thought you'd try on. It can, like you say with a black dress, completely transform that dress. And gives us an easy and effective haircut hack. Before I shower, dab my hair, put the Philip Kingsley on, wander around the house for 20 minutes, then double shampoo, then a mask, and then... I use the good old mythic oil, which I love. As well as her top self-care advice. It comes down to confidence and it comes down to personal, just personal happiness and belief. It was a brilliant chat. So here she is. Hello and welcome, Kat. How are you today? I am very well. Thank you very much. How are you? Good. I'm very well. Thank you. Very well. Uh, And a massive thank you for coming on the podcast as well. I can't wait to listen to all of your best beauty advice and also the products that you're currently loving. But before we jump in with that, I just wanted to ask about your kind of beauty vibe in general. So tell me, what is your beauty stash like? Is your kind of skincare cabinet overflowing with products? Are you quite good at editing it down? Oh no, I am a more is more sort of person without a shadow of a doubt. And when we go on to talk about sort of each section, I will, I'll I'll go through why, because there is definite method in my mass gathering of product madness. I'm also, I think the one thing that I I do have way too many of, and there is a reason for that, and that's lipsticks. Oh, absolutely. But that's predominantly because I I lose them. I lose them and then I find them. So I'll find like five in a handbag or in a pocket or underneath the boot of the car, you know, somewhere weird, like underneath the chair of the car or somewhere. Um, but then I buy more. But I'm what I'm terrible at doing is buying a new lipstick every time it's pretty much identical to what I already have <laughs> I do exactly the same I probably have five identical lipsticks in my handbag right now at any given time yeah yeah absolutely but also you need those shade and then you need it in various textures and then definitely and I think it's actually good to have one in each handbag yeah there you go then you're never without you never get caught caught without yeah exactly Okay, brilliant. And let's go on to your five pieces of best beauty advice then. And let's kick things off with makeup. So what is the best piece of makeup advice that you have ever been given or that you have to give? That I have to give, use makeup like an accessory. So as much as it can be so uplifting for you personally, I think actually when it comes to getting dressed, when it comes to leaving the house, when it comes to thinking about your wardrobe, actually makeup can be like an incredible weapon in your arsenal. It's just an amazing little extra to have just to show the world that actually, do you know what? This is who I am. It's an amazing representation. And in fact, in my book, I've written, I've written a book. It's all, it's actually about fashion Mm. called Get Changed. And one of my key accessories in that book, as well as scarves, earrings, jewelry, you know, the usual belts, is makeup mm. because I just think we should think of it literally as an extra, almost like an extra piece of clothing. Yeah, but also, like you say, with your lipstick or you're saying with actual accessories, then one thing can really elevate a whole outfit and also switch up an outfit. So, you know, your kind of go to black dress or whatever, you can mix and match with all of those different things and create something entirely. 
entirely new and just basically getting the most out of your wardrobe. Totally. And I think what we, what people are really good at doing is, you know, sort of trying different things with outfits. But I think so often, and certainly women of a certain age, I mean, I'm, I'm 49 now, you know, I think many of us, many, many of us, not me, but many of us, the last time we sort of had our makeup, we experimented with makeup. It was probably on our wedding day. You know, we went and had the makeup and, you know, that's it. And we we keep wearing the same thing. So I think if people really start experimenting with makeup, I just think you can, it make, can make such a massive difference. Try that lipstick on that you never thought you'd try on, you know, be it a bright coral, be it a bright red. It can, like you say, with a black dress, completely transform that dress from something that is, you know, a great day dress to an amazing evening dinner out dress. Yeah, absolutely. And what would you say are the three most kind of transformative makeup products that you own or that you love? For me, oh, well, it's one of those, isn't it? If I was caught in desert island, what couldn't I live without? I dread to say, I never thought I'd say this actually. And I sound like an absolute old person now. And, uh, you know, I am going to go down another route, which we'll talk about later, but I can't leave the house without my eyebrows. How bad is that? Oh no, I love a brow. That would be one of my first things. (laughs) I know, but mine have sort of disappeared. I mean, I spent years over plucking them like an absolute idiot, like anybody in their 40s did, much to my chagrin now. So definitely, you know, I can't leave the house without my eyebrows. Otherwise, there is that, you know, amazing drag queens where they put their makeup on and they literally take all their eyebrows out because they put them in a totally different place. And they lift. I am that proverbial beautiful drag queen but when she's part way through her makeup and has concealed her eyebrows because she puts them somewhere else but I just like mine to look in the same place please but it actually just be there and number two is definitely mascara I think mascara you can just completely transform the way your eyes look with good mascara you know, they progress from being literally pistols in the snow, which mine can be. (laughs) And they do. It's amazing, honestly, to just, it is so incredible. You know, when you place mascara, you could, it's just such a beautiful, beautiful product that can, can honestly just make you look completely different. And I'm going to cheat with my third one. I'm going to say lipstick because you can actually use it. I always do almost use it as lip and blush. I love doing that. And then it, they complement one another and they kind of just bring everything together. Totally. That was that is one of my top tips I was given years ago is actually to make your face look really coherent and stop you know, worrying about, you know, do I need to go for a coral blush? Do I need to go for more pink, more tan, more brown, more copper? Is just use your lipstick. You can use as little or as much as you want to just highlight those cheeks. And it just brings it all together. Yeah, I love that tip. And so in terms of products, what brow products, mascara and lip products are you like totally loving at the minute? My brows, I always use, I love and I gel, almost like a, like an eyebrow mascara. Mm-hmm. And for that, I find, you know what? The Kiko one is really good. A L'Oreal do a really good one. Max Factor do a really good one. I don't tend to go top end on them. I think actually, you know what? The, the you know, the more cost-effective ones are just as good. I think they're brilliant. I love a, I love a brown mascara. Mascara itself, I mean, there are so many. I think you struggle to find a not great one these days. I think all the Max Factor ones I've been using for years are brilliant. Iconic do a brilliant one. Triple Threat is is absolutely brilliant. Codate do a really good one. I love all the Lancome ones. That's probably my... I remember years and years ago, that was my ultimate beauty treat for myself at the airport was buying a duty-free Lancome mascara. Hypnose. Oh, I loved an airport treat. I, I don't know. know why. It just made it better than any 
the makeup Doesn't purchasing. It? Doesn't when it? When you were in the airport. Yeah. Oh my Lord. I love yes, that. Yes. I'm with you on that for sure. Yeah. And lipstick. Do you know what, actually? I do tend to like a more sheer lipstick. So my favorite everyday one is Miss Saigon from Code 8, which is five seconds, which is their lip and cheek, which is absolutely brilliant. Ooh. It's beautiful. Oh, it's really, really, really lovely. And I also, for reds, I actually have, what else do I have at the minute? Do you know what? I've got a new Glossier one, actually, which is really nice. Oh, the Ultra Lips. I love the new Glossier ones. Yes, it's the Ultra Lip in Coupe. I think it's Coupe or Coupe, C-O-U-P-E. That's beautiful. That's really lovely. That's like a rev. Again, they're brilliant because you can build them up. So as mm-hmm. a beauty they're product, sheer. yes, you can have it really sheer and then you just keep, build, you can build it up for, for a more intense look. So yeah, the Glossier ones are brilliant. Brilliant. So let's move on to your second piece of advice then and talk about skincare. So what is your best piece of skincare advice? Best piece of skincare advice would be to not try and use the same set of products all the time. I think that is something that over the years I have learned, you know, I I don't know any woman I've ever spoken to that says, you know, their skincare works flawlessly 365 days a year, because I think so much of it is hormone based, it's climate based, it's lifestyle based. So I very, very much listen to what my skin needs as to what products I use and when. I do like to mix it up. So you do intuitive skincare? Yeah, I do. I really, really do. And I, I, I just sort of think as well, I mean, as much as I know some people, you know, are obsessed with using retinol every night. I love using retinol every night, but I find that the majority of the retinol products, which I think are brilliant, are absolutely brilliant. And I would not be without retinol as part of my beauty routine, but they're not particularly satisfactory to use. You know, you don't, you can't spend- They don't feel like pampering. Do you mean like- Not at all. They're not a treat. They're very perfunctory. And I think there are other times, you know, when I love, you know, the votary oils, the Aurelia oils, you know, where you can just spend time really massaging it. And the scent is amazing. I find scent as part of my skincare routine, especially at night, you know, really important. But at other times, it's definitely the effect that I get from retinol, I absolutely love. And what effect would you say you do get from retinol? For me, I mean, I know there are the long-term benefits of anti-aging, but for me, it is that it's the texture. Mm-hmm. I think the texture of my skin, I think that to me is when you look in the mirror and when you start then applying makeup, that for me has the most sort of instant, it's a skin boosting effect, really. It's like skin boosting and it's, it's self-boosting. I think if your skin looks and feels really clean and clear and radiant and glowing, you feel better about yourself. There's just no two ways about it. So that kind of gives you that kind of smooth canvas that you say you can apply your makeup on or everything goes on smoother. And then you've got the kind of self-care side of skincare that is more of an indulgence that makes you, you know, you enjoy the sense and the kind of the feel of the products and that side of things. Yeah, definitely. You know, to take time, you know, with the, with the mask and with, I mean, I, I'm, I'm a massive cleansing addict. I love cleansing. I probably spent way too long cleansing my face. I just, just love it. What are your kind of go-tos for every day? 
I'm balms. I'm balms all the way. So I love the Emma Hardy. I love, um, I love the Elemis balm. I love, there are lots, loads, so, so many out there. Beauty Pie do a really good one. Their Japan Fusion one is absolutely beautiful. The Plantastic one's amazing. Yeah, it's gorgeous. And an oil as well. Elizabeth Arden cleansing oil is beautiful. I love it. I absolutely love it. That's in my shower every single morning. I just love it. Are you a fan of any kind of skincare tech or do you do any skincare massage? Yes. Do you know what? I love, no, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not great with massage. I am apart from sort of, you know, perfunctory doing it myself for three minutes and pretending that's going to work, which it does, you know, I think it's cumulative, but I'm certainly not one of those. I don't have any, any face rollers. I can't I don't have any of that, but, 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 but my current body face mask. Oh yes. The led lights. That is incredible. That is 15 minutes, max 15 minutes of just pure and utter indulgence. And you don't have to do anything. I think that definitely makes a difference. What would you say you use it for or the the benefits that you notice? Again, I think it's hard, isn't it? I think to actually pinpoint when you do so, when you have so many incredible different elements, your beauty routine, and you're so dedicated to doing them, you know, be it, be it taking extra vitamins, be it an LED mask, be it cleansing properly, be it, you know, moisturizing really well. I think it's really hard to pinpoint which does what. True, very the, true. The, yeah. And I think anyone that says they can tell is well, let me know because I think you're a genius or lying. Um, but I, I think the, the, the current body mask, I just think as part of your routine, I, I think it just adds in. You can definitely see, you know, it's a, it's a cumulative difference, I think, using all those different things. And supercharging, I guess, the other things as well. Exactly, exactly. It, yeah, it makes your skin better to absorb other products. It's, they all work together. I also think, though, I would say, I do know within... If I've tried a cream or a new product for a couple of days and it's not wowing me, that's it. It's gone. I don't tend to give it the full six, you know, six weeks to see if it makes a difference. If it doesn't make a difference to the texture of my skin, I have to say it's not a product I love because there are so many products that do. Yeah, that's true. You don't have to hold out for it because you know that something else is going to give you more instant results. Yeah. And I would say as well, you know, don't force yourself to try and love a product everybody's skin is different. I always think about that as well, because I try a lot of products with my job and there are some kind of cult classic products that just don't work for me. I've got sensitive skin. And so I agree, like if it's not working for you, don't try to push it. Yeah, I totally agree. Totally agree. There are products I know that people absolutely rave about and I'm like, it's all right. I can't say I love it. What do you think is the kind of skincare product that you've had longest in your skincare cabinet that you've used for the longest amount of time? Do you know what it probably is? It's probably the Estee Lauder Advanced Night Repair. Oh, yes. Again, I remember buying this at an airport. I remember going to Marbella and my friend at the time, she said, oh, my mum's using this new, this new um, oil and she thinks it's absolutely brilliant. We, got, we were all, let's get some, let's get some, because we were at the airport. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I think that's the one I remember buying. I've been using Emma Hardy at Moringa Balm for absolutely years, years and years and years as a cleanser. I love that. And other things like Elizabeth Arden eight hour cream. Again, you know, that again, I, I have been using that, but I use that on my baby's bottoms and my eldest is now 17. You know, those are the sorts of things that I remember. That is such a cult classic though. I feel like everyone has a purpose for eight hour, whatever it may be. I do prefer though. I will say I do prefer the lip balm, the standalone lip balm. Ooh, the Weirdly. one that's in the tube. 
No, it's not. It's just in a bullet. In the bullet form. Right. I'm sure it's factor 30. It's just a little, it's just like a classic lip balm. You can keep in with your five lipsticks that you have on the go in every handbag. Absolutely. Absolutely. The texture of my hair, it's, it's coarse Irish hair. It's that everyone thinks it's really, really thick. It's thick-ish, don't get me wrong. It's not thin, but I just have loads of it. And it's the texture of it is, it's, it's so awful. And over the years, I have tried everything. And I've tried, you know, I've wanted to be blonder. And I, it, the condition of my hair is so easily made infinitely worse um, by... A, using way too much heat, B, using way too much, you know, too many chemicals on it, and C, not using the right shampoos and conditioners. The right products for your hair type. Yeah, the right products for my hair type. And again, going back to what we were saying, it's trying them. I mean, there are products that people rave about that for me just categorically don't touch the sides. The other great tip I was given actually years and years ago is with regards to if you want to keep, um, if you have your hair a blow dry and you want to um, prolong the life of your blow dry, use as few products as possible. Oh, interesting. So when you're styling, it uses few. Yes. Yeah. Is that because it reduces the oils and they don't have to wash it as much? I don't know. I just think, I, I think the more product you put in your hair, the sort of the, the lanker, the heavier it can become quickly. I don't know. I don't know. Do you know what? I've not overthought it, but I've just tried it and it works. And it works. Yeah. If it works, don't question it. Just go with it. Absolutely. And another top tip I've used for years and years and years. Um, and how many times, I don't know you've got long hair. Do you have these no kink hair bands? You know, you've got the, the curly plastic ones. You've had the ribbons. Oh, yes. All rubbish. They all leave a kink. What? I love that. The, Do you? Yeah, I'm a big fan of a, a silk scrunchie. Okay, a silk. Does it not leave a gap? Does it not leave a, give a, a kink though in your hair? I mean, maybe all do to a certain degree. Depends how loose we're going. Right, I've got ones that don't. If you have poker straight hair, it will not. And my hair takes a curl really well. There is a company called Tie Bands, T-I-E-B-A-N-D-Z. And they say they are, I mean, they call them hair bands and like friendship bracelets. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't wear them as a friendship bracelet because I think they do just look like a hair band. But they are the most brilliant hair bands Ooh. on the planet. I promise you. I tried I, those. You will never go back once really? you've used them. They're, they're brilliant. And so, yeah, my top tip is, especially if you have longer hair, is when you sleep, you want to put your hair on top of your head, like a, basically in a pineapple. In one of these. And sleep like that. And you'll get like an extra couple of days out of your blow dry. Oh, I like it. Anything that means I don't have to wash my hair as often. I am there for that. Well, the new living proof. And this is the only dry shampoo, well, the first dry shampoo that I was ever able to use that actually worked. Their ultimate, I don't know what they call it. I've just literally finished one and thrown it away. It is the best dry shampoo. Yeah, the newest one. It's incredible. It really is. It's amazing. They've done a kind of updated version of their last one. And their big claim is that it actually cleans your hair. So when you spray it, you have to leave it on for a little while and it kind of absorbs the oil. And I go through so many cans of that. It is absolutely brilliant. But I have actually just got the new Kerastars refreshing dry shampoo and that's got vitamin E and rice starch in it. And that is actually also very, very good as well. It also smells ridiculously gorgeous. 
Oh, that's what you want as well. I feel like that's what hair products have really upped their game recently in terms of just the scent. And it makes it such like Mm. an indulgent experience, doesn't it? When you're doing your hair and yeah, you can't really go wrong with Kerastase. All amazing products. But how about kind of masks or oils? Are you a fan of of any of those? I know you streamline what you use to make your blow dry last longer, but is there anything for condition that you love? Because I have, and this is a tip I was given years ago, actually, because I do have, as I said, the pubic hair on my head. (laughs) Years ago, a hairdresser said to me, right, never, don't use normal conditioner because I only wash my hair once a week, always use a mask. So, but use it as a conditioner if that makes sense. You know, normally in all shower and shampoo ranges, there's a shampoo, there's a conditioner, and then there's the matching mask that goes with it. Skip out the conditioner element and just buy the shampoo and the mask and just use the mask as you would a conditioner. And that works. Just I leave it on for, you know, three to five minutes, not very long at all. But, but, but the last couple of years I've used it and I think the difference in my hair has been just incredible. And that is the elasticizer, mm-hmm. Philip Kingsley. Oh God, it's so good. Philip Kingsley Elasticizer is one of my like all time favorite products. I know. Probably in the top 10. I mean, I know people rave about Olaplex, but I personally, having tried it, number three and number six, I, I much prefer the Elasticizer, I have to say. You're a Philip Kingsley fan. Yes, I am. I am. I am. And you can leave it in overnight, but actually I have tried with this as an experiment. 20 minutes, you get the same results. Do you? Because I apply overnight. Yes. But maybe I need to be doing this. Yes. No, I have forever. And the other week I didn't. And I was amazed. I was okay. I'm not doing that again then. Yeah. So just 20 minutes. It honestly, damp your hair though. That's a real key thing. I never used to do that. I just put on dry hair and it was good. But if you dampen your hair, just with this, I do with a spray water and just put that on 20 minutes, wash it off. Double shampoo. I always double shampoo, like double cleanse. I double shampoo every single time. But then I do only wash my hair once a week. So especially if you're using dry shampoos and things like I always do that because they might become kind of build up on the scalp. Yeah. And then do you go straight in with that? You probably use it once a week, would you say? Just once a week. So before I shower, damp my hair, put the Philip Kingsley on, wander around the house for 20 minutes, then double shampoo, then a mask, and then I use the good old mythic oil, which I love. That has, sounds like you've got your routine down to a T. Yeah, it is. I mean, I do use lots of different shampoos. I find like skincare, they sort of work for sort of three, four washes and then they stop working and I need to change and then go back to them. I need to chop and change them. Yeah, a lot of people say that. No, loads of people say that. My friends say that a lot as well. I know. I mean, my head has said to me that he thinks it's psychological. I said, oh, I don't know, but it, that's what I have to do. Yeah, but the Philip Kingsley stays put. Yes, that doesn't change. And actually, neither does the oil. I use the same oil as well, actually. I use the Kerastase oil or Laura Professional 10-in-1 spray. And that's it. That's the only product I use on my hair. So tried and tested. Definitely. Love it. So brilliant. We will be right back after this. Okay, so we're going to talk about fragrance now for your fourth piece of advice. So talk to me, what is your best piece of fragrance advice? Well, do you know what? It actually comes back to, I'm, I'm not obsessed with the airport, although I appreciate it does sound like I slightly am obsessed with duty free. <laughs> <laughs> and my husband's like, why are we going to the airport so early? It's like, duh, so I can spend an hour in duty free. Is to buy for every single glorious event in your life, buy a new perfume because the recollection of scent and what it does with regards to sort of cementing memories in your memory bank as soon as you are then just you know prone to a fragrance is 
it's just incredible. I just think it's such a magical way of pinpointing amazing events in your life when you smell a certain fragrance. I, I love doing that. And I know some people only ever wear one, but no, I am. I don't buy one every time I go on holiday. Can I just say, I do sort of have holiday fragrances as well that I will go to the airport and I go, I know I can buy that at the airport and buy it. But I know I do this as well. And actually I was speaking to CC Clark on the podcast and she is the same obsessed with fragrance and she buys one for kind of all life events. She had one for when she gave birth. Yes. So she had one for when she gave birth and she was saying something else. And she just says when she smells it, it's just that kind of one of the most amazing experiences of her life, but it's in the scent. Yeah, exactly. For your wedding or, I mean, I have like wedding, honeymoon, there's kind of signature ones, but I'm with you on that, on, on switching it up. I think it does really make a difference. What are the ones that you go back to if you said you kind of had to choose a top three for maybe different things? Oh, the ones that I go back to. So when I got engaged, it was Lime Basler Mandarin by Jo Malone. And that is now, weirdly, my holiday fragrance because I know I can buy it at the airport. Yes. So yes. I absolutely love that. One that I've probably worn the longest, I think. And I remember this when I had my very first job. So I was probably 24. And that is Eau de Namissant for Clarence. Oh, yes. Classic. I love, love, love that. Do you know the other ones I love? And this was my baby fragrance. Uh, my baby fragrance was, it's one, it's called La Petite Cherie from Annick Guttal. It's now Guttal fragrances. They don't Ooh, call it Annick Guttal. Oh, nice. Yeah, the Guttal fragrances. I haven't smelled that one. What does it smell like? It's a glorious floral fragrance, but it's quite, it's lovely. I mean, I think all the Guttal ones are quite individual and I think they're quite sort of distinctive in their fragrances and I think you know these days I think so many fragrances can smell very very much the same I have a 17 year old daughter and all her and her friends you know they all love the the very modern they're very sweet I call them not to their faces because I'm not that rude uh but it's like slightly sickly floral it's quite slightly cloying <laughs> I could have just imagined them being around being like Oh, you're wearing your sick, sickly floral. I love oh, which, you. Got, which one is this <laughs> then? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I do. know. I say, oh, you've got that. Oh, I love that. That's a lovely fragrance. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. I don't. I'm, very, I'm obviously lovely to them. But they do. But that's just, you know, that's just the generation. I mean, when I think what we used to wear, you know, when I was, you know, I, I was at the Anais, Anais, Lulu, Poison, probably like your mum. I mean, they were some, they were some heady, sickly fragrances going on back in the 80s. That's for sure. The power sense, though. Oh, yes, definitely. Yes, definitely. Love that. Okay, brilliant. Let's move on to another piece of advice then. Let's talk about treatments. <gasps> treatments. So I, do you know what? It's one of those things. I, I'm not, I'm not a massive, I do love them, but I know some people are very, very much about their massage and their facials. You know, they're very, very meticulous and they're very regular in their scheduling of those into their diary. I'm, I'm not at all. I'm, I'm, I'm very, I love them. Don't get me wrong. But if I don't have them, I'd like to think that my face, I'm not going to have to tuck my face into my bra. <laughs> the reason I do that is because I am, and I have had been now since, oh, for about five, six years, I have gone down the aesthetic improvement route. I have injectionables, shall we call them. <laughs> and what do you have? What are your faves? Do you know what my my faves actually? If I ha if I had to only do three things, I think the biggest difference is not actually Botox. Interestingly, mm. I have very very little Botox because in interestingly, I didn't realise, but the older you get, the less effective Botox actually is, really. But I think for me, it is. I, it, believe me, it did take my amazing aesthetician 
it took her probably three or four years to actually go. I was like, okay, come on then with the fillers because I was petrified at the thought of fillers. Her great point is, and you say to everyone, everyone will say to you, oh, I'm not having fillers. They look terrible. And I'll say, no, no, no. They only look terrible on people who have them done really bad. Yes. You wouldn't know if they were doing well. No, you wouldn't know at all. And I think as she says, I'm not, I think for me, the massive difference when it comes to injectionables is, you know, are you putting back something that was there or are you trying to move something that's never been there before? And I think that, you know, especially the younger generation, I'd love to say to them, you know, look, don't have something that wasn't there in the first place. You know, you can, you're not improving on what you're, you know, on, on your look, you're, I don't know, you're just trying to change the way you look. I think that's a massive difference. So my basically is to stop me being able to tuck my chins into my bra. That's, you know, that's, that's why I have them to stop my face sliding into my chest. <laughs> Which it absolutely wouldn't, but I think that's a really interesting way of approaching it and that you, like you say, you're, you feel like you're replacing something that that was already there and that you liked being there rather than going down the route of something that you don't know what it's going to look like and you haven't ever had that. So not looking to change your face. No, I'm just putting back, you know, I'm just, I'm just, and also the thing is the older you get, you know, the more gaunt you get and you lose fat, you lose fat from your face. So I am literally just putting back. So the filler I have is under, under my cheekbone and that just replaces the fat that once was there. But what it does, it acts as scaffolding to basically lift my jowls up. It's nice, isn't it? But it works. It's amazing. Also, like you said, you sound like you've been going to this person for a long time and you trust them. Oh, she's And I think that is the most important thing is finding someone reputable who you trust. And obviously that's the most important thing that you need to do if you're considering, considering treatments. Oh, definitely find someone. I would a hundred percent speak to somebody about recommendations. Look at the other work that they've done. I think that is is you know is the absolute key thing. And she'll be able you know, they they'll be able to show you pictures. You probably wouldn't even know the people who had it done. I mean, the other thing. So the, the I mean, obviously we've said Botox, I'm, but Phil is my favourite. But the other thing that I think makes such a massive difference. And again, it took her so long, and I was so anti it. And anyone you speak to, or from most people you speak to, especially of a you know of, of, of my age, will be like, oh, I'm not having those done. Are lip fillers? Hmm. I think lip fillers are still the number one requested treatment in a lot of clinics. I was reading a stat yesterday, which is interesting. Again, I think the difference is, and when it comes to from an aesthetic perspective, you know, if you want to go down there, I don't think my lips are large enough. I'd like to make them bigger. Whereas the fillers that I have are, as my, again, my lovely doctor says, she says, look, basically think of your lips as grapes. They once were grapes, except the older you get, they turn into raisins. She said, so we just need to make them back into grapes. So what the filler does is when you get older and you see older ladies with the wrinkly lips, it just, it's like wrinkles in your lips. It just plumps out the wrinkles to make them back into grapes. It's not a question of having, you know, sort of massive, big, voluptuous, puffy lips. I mean, I would, might well, for a start, I couldn't bear the hilarity from my children or my husband. And they didn't even notice. I mean, when I said to my daughter at 17, I'm having lip filler. She's like, you are what? No, mum, mum, no, mum, no. And I was like, it'd be fine. 
fine. It'll be fine. And, uh, and I said, I've had it done. And she said, I, I, I can't tell, but they do look better. I can't tell, but they look okay. The mark of a good treatment. Yeah. When you can't tell that it's been done. Totally. But you said, and that's what people say, you know, you look better. You look, you look better. But I'm so honest about what I have done. I mean, so honest. I think there's nothing worse than a, you know, yes, look at me. It's all these amazing creams I use. No, the creams help with the texture of your skin and the luminosity and the radiance, but there is no cream that can actually give you cheekbones back. We were having this conversation the other day and just a kind of transparency around treatments, which you know, hasn't been around before. I feel like there's been a big boom this year. I know the aesthetics industry has been booming particularly, but like say Mark Jacobs coming out and he'd, he'd had, he'd kind of documented his, I think he had a facelift on his Instagram and it was just refreshingly transparent. Like you say, rather than trying to say is all uses this cream. I think there is the big argument about, you know, why do you want to make yourself look younger? And, uh, you know, I've had so many conversations over the years with people about that. And, you know, it's why do you want to look younger? You should be grateful for aging. You should age gracefully. It's like, look, yes, I completely get this. But at the end of the day, is it shallow? Is it vanity to look in the mirror and say, I don't want to see? Because I think, unfortunately, when you do look older, unfortunately, you know, I look in the mirror and I think I look tired. I think I look... Uh, I just don't recognize me. And I think from a, from a mental psychological perspective, if I look in the mirror and see someone older, that basically means I'm on my way out to the other side. I only have so many years left and I don't want to be reminded of that. It's like, I will never go. I won't, well, not for a long time. I won't go gray. It's like, I, I don't want to, thank you very much. Don't have to, don't want to. But that's your choice. You don't have to. And I think it's very interesting when people will comment on how we choose or other people choose to, you know, what to do with their own faces when actually it's none of anybody else's business. I think I can see people's perspective when they say, you know, as an influencer, you should be encouraging other people to grow all gracefully. And I say, but what's the definition of growing all gracefully? I am growing all gracefully. I'm growing all gracefully with great cheekbones. I'm not... You know, I don't think it means, and I'm not saying that if you don't have it done, it means you've let yourself go. I just think it means it's a personal thing. And if I look in the mirror, I'm not happy with the person that's looking back at me, then do you know what? I want to do something about it. And I think that comes whether it's your face, whether it's your clothes. I mean, that from the book, that really is the main crux of the book. It's it's called Get Changed because it is there are a huge tranche of women who look in the mirror and don't like the person that they see looking back. They don't recognize them anymore. And it's not about aesthetics, the book. The book is about how to change that with regards to your wardrobe. But it all is along the same line. It comes down to confidence and it comes down to personal, just personal happiness and belief. Yeah, it sounds like it's just things that you are choosing to do because to feel good, it's a feel good, you know, taking power into your own hands. Yeah. You know, if somebody else wants to do it, then great. If they don't, then that's great too. As long as they are happy, looking in the mirror and saying, do you know what? I love looking at the person I've got looking back at me. Exactly. Personal choice. Yeah. Brilliant. So for your final uh, piece of advice, let's talk quickly about self-care. So what is your best piece of self-care advice? I think my best piece of self-care advice is try and ascertain and work out what makes you happy. What works for you? Because I think we're so bombarded with, you know, self-help. And suddenly, you know, you think along the lines of, okay, fine, I need to be doing yoga and meditation. And, you know, 
And you're like, yeah, that's great. That doesn't work for me. I mean, not that I don't like doing those things. Actually, I don't know why I'm saying that. I don't really. <laughs> I would much rather sit with a cup of tea and a biscuit or, you know, a little glass of wine and a bowl of crisps and sit there and watch three episodes of some amazing trash television that makes me happy and that I can switch off from. That to me makes me feel genuinely happy, relaxed and at one. Oh, that just sounds like my dream evening. Exactly. And I know people say, you know, oh, you know, you should be, there are all other ways you can do self-exploratory. It's like, yeah, yeah, I know I get that. But after I've done that, I still feel that I need time to me to decompress. And I think it's the judgment. So I think self, self-help is really trying to elevate yourself above other people's judgment. And do what works for you. I think that's, you know, with the constantly bombarded by things that we potentially should be doing. And that just puts more pressure and stress yeah. on the situation. If you feel like, oh no, I should be journaling as soon as I wake up. Yeah. When actually lying in for another half an hour might be better for you. Yeah. So yeah, I'm with you on that. Definitely the wine and Netflix and <laughs> and definitely the crisps. When you said that, I got hungry. Um, <laughs> but no, I'm, I'm definitely here for that form of self-care. Brilliant. Well, we finish each episode with a lighthearted note to uh, uh, tie things up on and talk about our biggest beauty, Belinda. So what is yours? Oh, it's got to be. I know. I'm so sorry. I do always reference a certain woman and I am very, very sorry because she does have, she always looks lovely, but I was only 35 and I, 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 I basically I ended up with Jane McDonald hair, a haircut that it was, it was sort of the worst. It was sort of Jane McDonald, but those sort of mid eighties hair. It, I, it was just you weren't vibing the worst it. haircut. I was 35. Oh, good Lord. I just had a baby, my third baby. And I thought anybody who has a baby will know that the one piece of advice any other mother who's been through it will give you is say, by the way, don't get your haircut. Really? <laughs> oh my God. Don't get your haircut differently. Get it cut. Or just get it cut or trimmed. Don't go off piste because your brain is so full of other stuff that you think what, you know, I don't know what I'm thinking. I mean, it was verging on a mullet. It was so bad. <laughs> I, I was a fringe. I sort of, I don't, I don't even remember what I wanted, but I ended up with a fringe mullet. And also my hair was so thick. I was like Aslan. I mean, it was just awful but we we also I feel like with big life you know you go through a breakup or you get a new job or yeah whatever it is we always gravitate towards haircuts don't we as just a yeah. kind of transformation thing but you're saying just definitely don't do it when you're uber hormonal and just had a baby don't cut the fringe do you know what just I don't know go and buy a new go go and just buy a weird lip thanks for being with us on this episode of Grazia Beauty Life Lessons If you have enjoyed listening, please tell your friends about us. And as ever with podcasts, please subscribe and give us a rating. It all helps to spread the word. See you next time.